0: What's going on? Hey, Ooh, I'm hot. A little bit hot. Hey, 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 hey. I'm Matt with Sensi. Welcome to the stream. It's Monday night. You could be watching the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Los Angeles Rams. But if you're watching this live, you're here with me. And I love it. I love you for it. Or you're watching this, like, later with video on demand because you chose the Bengals and the Rams, which hey I'm okay with that I'm okay with that because They're probably gonna be much more entertaining than what You're getting tonight but I'm gonna try to make I'm gonna try to make the best of it so Uh we're gonna be in Romans chapter 7 We're gonna be in Romans chapter 7 And we're gonna be coming from the New Living Translation And we're going to just go ahead and jump right into it. So here we are. How they describe it is they say no longer bound to the law. Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law only applies while a person is living? For example... When a woman marries, the law. When a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. Third soul drive. Okay. Let's jump to this one first. Now. Upon first look, I would look at this like whenever someone says, if they ask you the question, why do Christians not follow the Old Testament law? Why do uh, they pick and choose? Like it seems like they hold up certain certain laws or rules that are in the New Testament, but things that are in the Old Testament or things like or were only in the Old Testament like why um why do they why do they say oh we don't follow the old testament and so i would point like if if they're looking at that i would point them to this this uh these couple verses in the bible romans 7 verses 1 through 3 and so the idea that paul presents is he's saying like like hey if if you have if this if the, if you had a woman who was married, right, she has a certain way that she has to live because she's she's obligated to follow the 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 contract, the covenant, the commands of the marriage that she's entered. she she went into a marriage. the man has to do the same. okay if you're if you're in a marriage, you have to stick to the the rules of the marriage. If you're stepping out on the marriage, it's it's adultery, it's cheating, those kinds of things. And so if someone in that relationship were to what Paul's saying like if someone dies in that relationship they're not like required to follow. So he's talking to the he's talking to Romans. There's there's uh Gentiles in here, there's Jewish people in here, there's all sorts of people. And and he's cuz he says you who are familiar with the law. So he's talking probably talking I think he's talking to like the the Jewish Romans here. Like like y'all know like what the stipulations are, right? You you know that because you are God's chosen people, according to the old testament and things like that, because you're God's chosen people, you have to obey the, obey the law, right? And so you have to be with the person that you married first, which is what Paul's referring to as the Old Testament, and this and the scriptures and things like that. But since you're, they're now believers in Christ. Christ has come to fulfill the law. He was the what I would call here, he was the better the better spouse, fulfilled all the requirements of the law. And so since the the people here, since they died to the law or, or since they since Christ died and fulfilled everything, died and resurrected, and they died with Christ, he covers the obligation. And so and so it continues on in verse 4. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with, united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. I might have said this in a previous stream, uh, but I mean, I'm not going to expect you guys to know, unless you're like really hardcore fans of... The stream, which we appreciate you, um, but I've I've used this ex- examples of bef- before, and it was a it was an illustration that I heard from a pastor, and so it was again a woman who was married, and the the husband said to her like like if you do these twenty things every single day, I will love you no matter what you do. You fulfill these twenty things, I love you, and so the the wife did those for like the first two years of their marriage. But then she got bitter. She got because the love that she was expected wasn't living up. There might have been a day where like she might have missed something. She was looking for love. Like, I've completed nineteen, but not all twenty. And so he withheld the the love. And so she got bitter and it just it just turned the relationship sour. Well, the husband dies, and so she marries a new man. And he's like like he's like, Look, I don't care what you do. I I'm I'm a, a love you regardless. You know, you could you could sit around Sucking your thumb all day You could be You know you could wash the dishes I don't care I'm still gonna let go of this And so because of the Love That was unconditional The things that she did Were those same things on the list If, if that makes sense Like I, I I know I butchered it But um, The idea is that We're not We're not coming from a place of we follow these laws so God loves us. No, because God loves us, we out of that love, we naturally just produce the works. That's why it says, um, as a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. Because in another passage, and I don't have my phone, I wish I did. Oh, it's right here. Um, in another passage, there's a um. There's a there's a, a scripture that says like, your deeds are. Uh, are like dirty rags. Yeah, Isaiah sixty four five through nine says you meet you meet him who joyfully works righteousness. Those who remember you in your ways. Let's see if I can pull this up real quick. When I say Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah 64, 5-9. through nine. You welcome those who gladly do good, you, who follow godly ways, but you have been very angry with us, for we are not godly. We are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? For we are all infected and impure with sin. That's the... the everyone is, is no good. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. So according to the law, and when you're stuck in this sin your your um the 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 things that you would do so like going back to the illustration the wife the thing she did if she did 14 13 12 of the things to the husband its filthy rags because it's not complete like she like they're still dirty and, it, and you never you just never measured up and so in, instead of that now he's saying like no 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 like regardless You've died. You've died with with Christ. Like I'm, I'm the one that that brings you to me, and so I don't need, I don't need you, because, because I did it all, and I'm, I'm gonna love you regardless. And so those filthy rags that were under the old law are now a harvest of good deeds for God. Verse five. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused these evil desires that produced the harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we've been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. And so there's that contrast there, because you see the word but, the old way of obeying the letter of the law, the old way of obeying versus the new way of living in the spirit, living in the spirit. It's by it's by faith. That's why they said in the previous chapters that like like it was it was by faith that all these people, Abraham, Moses, uh, Noah, all these. It was by faith. It wasn't because they had the law. It was by faith that they um, that they produced or not produced, like that God saw them blameless, not without sin, blameless, but like, um, how did they, we, we did this book in, uh, in our men's ministry class yesterday. And, and they, they, they talked about what it meant to be biblically blameless. And it was, um, I want to say it was like, it was unquestionable integrity is, is the way. So we don't want to over spiritualize the, the blamelessness um to say that they're perfect without sin. What we're saying is that the blamelessness is this unquestionable integrity. So they because of their because of their no like there was no doubting their faith, the people of old. So that's why God saw them as, as blameless. But anyways, verse seven. Well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there was no law, sin would not have that power. It's like, (laughs) it's like when you have a kid and you tell them like not to touch something and they're like, like they want to touch it. Like my, like my youngest Joey did that today. Like I'm trying to tell him like we're, we're waiting for Kristen to get out of the grocery store and I was playing a game in the front seat. And he comes up and he's like, what's this? Dude? I'm like, don't touch it. And then he proceeds to like, want to touch more and more stuff. He's like, what's this dude? What's this do? I'm like, I'm like, just leave it alone. But it was this, it was this command of don't do this. That brings about this desire. That's like, do it. Kristen was on, Kristen went onto a, a Girl Scout retreat. And um, she told me the story where, uh, they were they were like at a spot and they were they were playing with dirt and it was some other person's kid, and she's like she's like throwing dirt everywhere and Kristen's like, look, I'll mother you, don't don't throw like don't throw the dirt, don't throw the sand, and the little girl like picks up the and she's just like holding it by her hip, she's like, I'm not I'm not I'm not throwing it, like it's that, <laughs> that's what Paul's talking about here, just that covetous desire to or this desire to be just. We have this desire to be awful human beings. Anyway, verse 11, sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me, but still the law itself is holy and its commands are holy and right and good. But how can that be? Did the law, which is good, cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's commands for its own evil powers. Verse 14. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really, and this is a, I'm 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 going to go slow through this, because this is a, a deep portion of Romans. Like, that's the thing about Romans, man. There's so much good stuff. So I'm going to go slow with this one. Verse 15, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. There's a reason that one of the fruits of the Spirit that they talk about in Galatians 5.22, I want to say. There's a reason that self-control is... One of the, one of the, uh, um, is, is one of the fruits of the spirit and it's because it is the, the desire within us to be, um, for lack of a better term, just buttholes <laughs> and so, so that's, that's the, the issue, um, one of the things uh, here we go. Let me let me read this to you. This was a quote. Uh, we've been like I was talking about with our with the men's ministry of church. We've been doing this book called uh, the Titus Ten by J. Josh Smith. Highly recommend. Oh my goodness, it's a great book. Highly recommend. And so in the chapter titled um, "Character," it talks about um, uh, character and things like that. Uh, what's the uh, conduct? Talk about conduct versus character. Conduct is what we do. Character is what we are. Conduct is the outward life. Character is the life unseen. But anyways, but the quote that I wanted to read, because it's, it's tied to this, self-control begets self-control, and a lack of self-control begets more lack of self-control. What I mean is that to cultivate self-control, you must begin with the smaller areas of your life begin with a disciplined time with the Lord every day then gain control of your eating, commit to regular exercise, start coming home from work on time and commit to consistent and personal time with your children. The reason why I brought that up is because I think if you're if you are like me, if you're a, a husband, if you're a, a worker, if you're a um, a, a father of children, um, if you're, if you're any of if you're a young man looking, looking to be those things in the future, this would be, this is like a, a small list of, of where to start life. Like these are, these are like, I think five really simple, easy things that you can do to start producing the, the idea of, of self-control which goes to what we're talking about here in verse 15. I don't really understand myself for what I want to do, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Right? So, it's real easy if I'm going back to my to my quote, begin with the discipline of time with the Lord every day. Right? There's there's a, I think there's a reason. You don't have to as if if you're if you're a, a Jesus follower, if you're a Christian, whatever you want, in your in your devotional time, you don't have to do your devotional time at the beginning of your day. I think I think God will be pleased at any time that you do that you do your devotional time that you spend your time with Him, whether that's in the more like first thing you wake up, whether that's over your your lunch break, whether that's at night before you go to bed. I don't I don't know if it matters to God. Maybe it does i don't but i don't i don't know what i think is matters to god is is that you're doing it and to that point there's something about what i've what i've just learned i've been i've been a a a christian for since eighth grade which would have been two thousand four no 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 not two thousand four like 1999, nine two thousand so that so I don't know how old you are when you're in eighth grade, you're like 13, 14 and I'm 36 now. So in the 20 some ish years that I've, that I've been doing this thing, I've, I've had my devotions in the morning. I've had them in the evening. I've had them in, at, in the afternoon. What I found my most productive days, my, my best days, my, my days, that I give my all to God. The one thing that they all have in common is that my devotion time was in the morning? Like it's setting it's setting a tone. Hey, mama, we love you. I think there's something to the, again, you don't have, if you're not a morning person, you don't have to do your devotion in the morning. Just what I have found is that by doing it in the morning, it sets a tone for the day. Whereas when I do it later in the day, it's easy to be like, oh, I'm gonna, I gotta do some other things instead. Or it's easy to, to, um, to do it at night and just kind of, kind of rush through it and not really give it the the all that you could like to really sit down. And so, so my encouragement, if you wanted to to, to start to cultivate this this disciplined life to to and to do what you want to and not do the things that you hate, one of those things would be starting out your a devotional time, setting out in the morning, getting up. Earlier than usual, if you get up at seven, getting up at six thirty, whatever time, and being able to do that and and set that time apart and and sit down and just uh, be able to hear from God, read and and play a, play a worship song on your phone or something like that. Um, the other things you could do, according to Romans seven or from Romans seven, like it's real easy to, uh, not gain control of your eating. It's fall. It's fall time. Listen, Target. I'm not. I'm not plugging them, but I'm going to. Target has these cookies. I didn't know what they were about. Kristen got them last year. They were like these maple truffle butter cookies. She ate them. She ate them all the time last year. They came back this year, and I started eating them. Oh my gosh, listen. These are a fantastic cookie. Maple truffle butter. They're they're like a little wafer cookie with maple with the maple truffle and the chocolate on top. It's fantastic, and it's so easy to eat four because they're not big; they're like the size of an Oreo, and it's so easy to eat four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in a sitting. And and I and I don't want to. I'm trying to lose weight. I've since gained weight. I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to do that because I hate it. But I do it because I I hate it. <laughs> I don't know why. Because I'm a, because I'm a slave to sin. And so it's, it's this, it's this battle. So getting the, the eating under control, uh, committing to regular exercise, getting back into it. I do my, my 10 o'clock exercises going out for, for walks. I I told a group of high school seniors that I'm supposed to be doing 10,000 steps every day and I've hit it since last Thursday. I hit Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I didn't hit Sunday. I missed uh, Sunday by 2,000 steps and I'm probably going to miss Today by 5,000 steps I don't know if you can see that But um, So committing to regular exercise Coming home from work on time Like when you say coming home from work On time is, is saying like I'm saying I'm going to be somewhere And I'm not going somewhere Else like it's it's those things And then lastly Commit to consistent personal Time with your kids um, we buy. Mean, I I like to buy my kids some games. The most recent game we got was called Beat the Eight Ball. It's back. It's actually right here. Um, and and it's it's a time where where like I w- I just want to put my phone to the side and just play the game. And so we were we were, we were playing this this past couple of days, and it's been fun. And so we got Uno Attack, and we got Uno, and we'll do um. Not Monopoly. What's it called? We'll do. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, oh no, we do have Monopoly. We have Mono- Mario Monopoly. But be doing consistent time with with your kids, or consistent time with your spouse, or if you're if you're not married, you know, consistent time with a, a cherished friend or a sibling. Um, I think can can start to build all that time. But, anyways, let's finish out the chapter. Yeah. All right. Verse 16, but if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. And Paul's just kind of repeating himself here. Oh man, I just dropped that all over the... I wasn't looking. I just dropped water all over the table. Oh, goodness. Oh, my actual notebook. Oh, goodness. Got it all over my phone. Poor. I can't find that. Goodness gracious. Well, that notebook's ruined. Oh, uh, well. Oh, well, folks. Okay. Sorry about that. Let's try this again. All right. But if I do what I don't want to do, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Verse 20. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Last thing, as we wrap out here. I've done it both ways. There was a time and a season of life that nighttime was best then. Also, the time of the in the day my lunch later hour i really love the middle of the day i could refocus i like that that's good mama that's good yeah um yeah i I think whenever i think whenever time it works best for you um to devote to god is he'll be he'll be happy with it and um if you're looking if you're if you struggle i think if you struggle with uh your attitude throughout the day I would say try Like In that moment Try it So that you're Able to Reshape The last thing There's this idea Called Like the idea of, of Three kinds of salvation There's um, Past salvation Where That's the, the, the person who they, they, they finally get it. They understand what Jesus has done. They confess what they do is they confess with their mouth. They believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead. And so they, they have this past salvation. We call this justification. Then there's this middle ground where God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, they're concurrently saving you. You were saved. And now they're currently saving you. And it's this idea called sanctification. And it's what Paul says here in, in the bottom of seven where he, he discovered, I've discovered this per, principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. There's another power. That's the, what Christians call the the battle of the flesh. And so it's this battle that's waging war every day. It's this idea, like mama said, that we refocus our time and efforts and things. And then there's this last part of salvation. That's future salvation. We call it the the glorification that we are removed from this earth. We no longer deal with sin and we're in heaven. And I'm Matt with SoCincy. Thanks for tuning into the channel. Subscribe, like the video, and we will see you all for Wednesday show. See ya.